0: Welcome back to win the ball podcast i am your host drew dickinson coming to you live from studio 18 here in atlanta georgia i apologize for the delay i know it's been been a few well a few days week and a half two weeks since i've been on recording and i apologize for that just had so much going on you know work's killing me the braves our own atlanta braves just won the world series so that took up extra hours at work, you know, t-shirts, hats, you name it, just putting out merchandise, merchandise, merchandise. So, you know, it's the first time they won the World Series in 25 years, 26 years, uh, 1995. So it was, it was a great, 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 great week for the city, but back to normal, back to Manchester United and back to the misery that we have just been living with here the last month, maybe two months with United. Just can't really seem to get it together. We all know post Liverpool, the board gave Ole three games to make good. So he goes to Spurs with a new lineup. He's a back five, three center backs and two wing backs. We get that win three nil at Spurs with a uh, Cavani and Ronnie playing as the two center forwards side-by-side, which I loved. I thought they played brilliantly that day, but you can't really take much into that because of how much of a dumpster fire Tottenham are at the current moment. You know, that was before they brought in Conte. Conte's there now. I can't see them continuing to be on fire for much longer because that's how good of a manager he is. But I digress. You know, like we said, Spurs aren't that good, so I don't really take much away from that. Then we go to Italy for a Champions League clash with Atalanta. Same back five formation, but no Cavani with Ronaldo. This time it was Marcus Rashford, who played well. I just feel that Cavani's movement just complements Ronaldo, and they complement each other so much with that experience. You know, Ronaldo is the poach king. You know, it's just Cavani is the he must run or move 100 miles you know a half because he does not stop moving and that opens up so much more space for Ronaldo. But you know, it's it's gonna be hard to play those two 30-year-olds consistently together because Cavani's getting a knock here and there. He's you know just just not up to, to par as far as you know being in his mid 30s and being in as good a shape as Ronaldo. But when he's in and he's on, it's it's a different story for United. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. But, you know, once again, at Atalanta, needed a, needed individual brilliance. If it wasn't for Ronaldo, I mean, I, I guess we've said this so many times this year. Where would we be without Cristiano Ronaldo? Who knows? But let's get back to it because I'm not going to sit here and get into that because a lot of people are going to say, you know, United were a shoe in for top four until so Ronaldo came. Ah, Blah, 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 blah. That's bullshit. You know who, who Ronaldo scored all these goals. Who was going to score him if he if he if he didn't? But you know I don't want to get into that. But what we're going to get into now is the unfortunate Manchester derby loss from the weekend. You know, rainy, overcast afternoon in Manchester as these two European giants collide: Man United versus Man City at Old Trafford for the one hundred and eighty sixth time. You. You would think that all the, they're ready to go. The boys are playing in front of the home crowd. You know, Stretford End's gonna come roaring. I just, I, I didn't see any of that. I don't think anybody got that, you know, got, it got the memo that, hey, this is Derby Day. You know, it was a back five again. Baye, Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw, Wambasaka, McFred, Bruno, Ronnie up top and every time united plays a top 6 team i feel that they come out ready to go they're they're you know they show up it's none of these bottom table teams where they have to get a goal scored on them and then have a fire sparked up under their ass to start going i just feel that the last since ole has been in charge we have shown up in derby games and in big games but i just that just hasn't been the case this season you know we're we're <laughs> We're five, seven minutes into the game. I think it was the seventh minute and got across from Jao Cancelo and boom, own goal, Eric Bailly. And and before we go any further, you got to feel for this guy because he doesn't get the minutes that he deserves. And that's, again, my opinion, my show, take it or leave it, like it or love it. I don't care. He needs to play more to build his confidence and the lack of playing time and the simple, silly mistakes, it just makes it easier for the manager to not want to choose him again. But what can you say? He's constantly making mistakes or he's getting hurt. So that was a huge momentum swing. Like I said, just not even 10 minutes into the game. But back to Bailly. I don't know if you were watching, but around the 25-minute mark, he took the ball at half field, did a couple of step overs, nice couple of runs, nice ball, finally makes it out to Luke Shaw, who puts it in the middle to Ronnie. Boom. First-time volley. You know, easy save for... Ederson, but if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, that was one of the only shots on target the entire game. And remember, that was in the 25th minute. You know, first half comes to an end, just total absolute embarrassment, domination from uh Manchester City, but right before the half ended, there was just absolute shambolic defending from Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire. You you have a ball played in on the far post over the top. They both watch it just thinking that it's going to dribble out of bounds and go out for a goal kick. Nah, Bernardo Silva did not stop. He played the play until the end and was able to sneak one past David De Gea for a halftime deficit of 2 nothing. You know, you go into halftime, one nil down, you can regroup, figure it out, get a quick goal, and boom, you're right back into it. 2 nothing just completely turns the game over, at least in my opinion. Now we're going to go back to uh, David De Gea real quick, who had an absolute fucking worldy of a first half because it could have been 6-7-0 in the first half easily if not for Dave saves showing back up. You know, you want to you want to take a look at that second goal just to make sure, you know, take a look at it yourself because I feel that, you know, I'm a goalkeeper and little, little surprises like that, when you don't expect things to happen, you know, you expect your defender to sweep the ball out of bounds and all of a sudden the ball's coming at you and you're just not expecting it. You know, could he have saved it? Should he have saved it? Yeah. But am I upset with him for not? No, because you just didn't see that coming. So who who really knows what was said at halftime? Because I just don't know if, if if Ole is a motivational speaker. You know, I don't know if he's in there, you know, like we said before, lighting a fire up under their ass. Or if he's in there, you know, doing one for the Gippers speeches, if you will. But they come out in the second half completely flip-flop the formation go back to their 4-2-3-1 they take Bailly off Sancho comes on and you know it's a little a little a little different because you got Bruno pushed up right up under um, Ronaldo he's so much higher up the pitch as far as the first half he was dropping back and City were just press 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 it's like they had double the players in the field than United You had the the two wingbacks Wambasaka and Luke Shaw were dropped so far back that it was allowing City to press the whole entire... You have your three center backs, including Fred and McTominay, running around trying to find someone to mark, but you can't. I think City played like a 4-4-2-0. Two number 10s and no um, no attacker, no, you know, quote-unquote striker. The The United midfield and defense had no idea what they were doing. It was literally running around like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. Fast forward... Second half has begun, like we said, you know, 66 minutes, Luke Shaw goes up for a header and gets hit in the head, goes down for a minute, uh, goes off the field, you know, he gets checked by the medical staff, I guess, for a concussion, and he he seemed to have passed all of the, the tests, so he comes right back on, uh, a few minutes goes by, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing, um, Marcus comes on for Greenwood, you know, Mason had an okay game, but, you know, with, with the back five, it's really, really hard for him to, especially with Wambasaka and Shaw and Bruno dropping so far back. Every time Ronnie or Mason got the ball, it was like two on six. Very difficult. For, I don't care how good you are. Very difficult for anybody to accomplish anything with that. So unfortunately, around the 72nd minute, uh, Luke had to go back down and be taken off for Tellus. Alex Tellus finally comes on. I think this is his first appearance since that amazing goal in the Champions League, which to me is just... Asinine that he hasn't got more minutes. Luke Shaw, last year, came into his own. Maybe about 18 months ago, came into his own as one of the best, if not the best, left back in Europe, if not the world. And then you see he gets picked for the England national team for the Euros. Balls out. I think he scored, yeah, not think, I know. He scored that opening goal in the final, just oozing, oozing confidence. But for some reason, when the season started with United, he's become one of a liability, you know, arguably in the worst form of his career, him and Harry Maguire, both. So if Shaw does have an injury or a concussion, it's, you know, it's kind of a blessing, not that he's hurt, but more of a blessing that he gets some rest, some time to think, reevaluate what it is and how it is that he wants to approach his play. Maybe he's not healthy. Maybe he's tired. He needs this rest. And just today it was announced that he has dropped out of the England squad, for the international duty coming up this weekend. So back back into the game, you know, if if you want to call it a game, because it was really one side. You know, Ederson didn't really see much of anything, except for, like we said, that, that volley in the first half from, from Ronnie. 80 minutes rolls around, and this is what everybody was waiting for. Donny Van de Beek comes on for Fred, who... Once again, Fred, absolute shambolic game. He he ran, he must have run 167,000 miles on the pitch that day, but bless his heart, accomplished pretty much nothing. He, he's, he's so much better when we're attacked, and he can sit back and defend. And like I say before on this podcast, when Fred has to facilitate, United are in trouble. So Ole brings on uh, Donny Van de Beek in the 80th minute, which is about five more minutes than he got uh, the last game. So it looks like Donnie is getting, getting more minutes. He went from about five to seven minutes to a guaranteed, you know, I think it was like 10 to 13 minutes, uh, against, against city. And, you know, he immediately showed some spark. He immediately came on, had a nice little, you know, nice little shield, trapped the ball, spun around made a nice little pass. But then of course he gives it away. And I just know that that made Ole, See, I told you so. I told you so. And bless Donnie's heart, because you—what know, can you do in fucking ten minutes? But again, I digress. You know, Stratford in the whole entire crowd was into Donnie. They were chanting for him, and it's just so obvious. That he's such a better player than than Fred. It's it's just fucking crazy. Oh, and forgot to forgot to mention. Um, uh, Donnie recently announced that he is going to be a daddy. Oh, Donnie, daddy to be. Hopefully, they stay here in Manchester because I, I want Van de Beek to be a part of this squad for a long, long, long time. But, anyways, like I said, back to the city game, final whistle blows, 2 0. And let's, let's, I can't make this clear enough. The score of the game did not outline one bit how it was actually played. Like I said before, if not for David De Gea, it would have been 6 7 0 just in the first half alone. So I, again, it's, I feel the back five exposed, it exposes our defense. They have no idea what they're doing. And it was just completely obvious on, um, on Saturday, McGuire and Luke Shaw, just horrible, horrible form. I, it's very hard for me to see and want to continue to see Harry McGuire with that captain's band, the arm band. It, it, he's just an inept captain who I just don't feel that he's a leader. There's no, I don't think that he's going to be in that locker room, you know, what did, what did Sir Alex call, or what did the boys call it, uh, uh, hair, uh, hair dryer treatment, where Sir Alex would come in and yell at you so much that your hair would blow back. We need something like that, whether it's Ronaldo, Bruno, or, you know, even David De Gea, who was captain before, who does get upset. I don't know if you saw him leaving the field in the first half where he punched the um, punched the tunnel tent because he was so frustrated about that second goal. I would have been too. And like we said before, Fred runs all over the pitch, does nothing, nothing good, but just defend. McTominay, Roy Keane defended him and said he's only 25, still trying to find his mark. McTominay has been a starter under Ole since Ole has been a coach for Manchester United. So I don't want to hear any of that. If you haven't got it now, you're not going to get it, period. Now, is he good good enough for Man United? I think so. I don't think he's good enough for a 90-minute player, a starter, at least not yet. He hasn't shown me much. So maybe, maybe that's just me. I I don't know. But of course, the English, the the, the United Kingdom bias, they're all gonna love Sir Alex loves them, so that means Olay's gonna love him, blah, 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 blah. You know, you watch the the back five with uh, Shaw and Wan Bissaka, who I said before, you know, they were just they were, they were dropped too far back in that first half, and it just allowed City to just run amok on that defense. I mean, everybody was running around, couldn't figure out who to mark. If you're going to play a back five, your wingbacks have to press. They have to push high, so that forces City or whatever defense you're playing, they have to drop back. Now we're on top of them. Now we can attack with numbers. It's, it's just asinine that a coach can't sit there and see that and tell his players, hey, boys, press, push up the field. If you keep sitting back, they're going to step on us with all of their feet. And what was it? Six, seven players. That's 14 feet. Just press, 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 uh, Bruno. (laughs) I don't think that there's anybody in the premier league that goes down easier. He has become, you know, he bitches and moans all the time. He gets clipped. He goes down and he cries. And I, what I've noticed is, is that CDM's and, you know, center backs, fullbacks, they're not afraid of them anymore. They know what to do. They, every central defensive midfielder has lived rent free in Bruno Fernandez's head since the beginning of October. And that's a fact, Jack. But um, that's a little Hulk Hogan for you, brother. Um, Marcus, sick all week long. Sick, sick, sick. Joins the team the morning of the game still comes off the bench before players who deserve playing time. And again, that brings us back to that United Kingdom, British bias, favoritism. Um, what did uh, Mark Goldbridge call it? Uh, uh, favorites FC. Um, uh, <laughs> protect your mates FC. Just just, just some funny shit, which he's right. Marcus is a great player. Nobody can deny that. But when you're sick all week and you can't train, it's just like any other sport, you don't deserve to be on the field. Players and Coaches need to realize that when you're sick, take a step back and give someone else another shot. It would have been great to see Donnie come on in the 70th minute, give himself a little bit more time to play, get in sync with these players because Ole plays the same fucking players every week. So it doesn't give anybody a chance, anybody new a chance to come in and show what they can do. Um, he said for, I was listening to Ole after, After the game, and he promised more attacking for Watford on the 20th when we come back. We'll see because I think we need to attack more. Mason Greenwood, Marcus Rashford, Cristiano Ronaldo, Edison Cavani, Bruno Fernandez. Attack, 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 attack. Use the players that you have who know what they're doing in a system that you want to run. If you got to bring on Lingard, bring on Jesse, who every time he comes on, he produces for this squad. Whether anybody wants to agree with or not, Lingard needs more fucking playing time. But unfortunately, that hasn't come. And I just have a bad feeling that West Ham are going to get him. West Ham are going to get a good player again in January, just like last year. And you heard it here first. Lingard signs with West Ham because he's not going to go in alone. It's going to be a permanent deal. West Ham will win the Europa League, and if they don't win the Europa, they'll finish top four, and they're going to Champions League like next year. You know, M- Mikel Antonio, if he gets a amazing facilitator like Lingard, with Ben Rama, Declan Rice, so on and so forth, this West Ham team is scary. Ask Liverpool three two yesterday, the best game of the weekend. All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna close it out here with with you know. This has become such a popular topic with United fans. Ole in, ole out. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to say it again. For the final time, I guess not for the final time, because I'm sure it's going to we're going to talk about it again. I am ole out. And it has nothing to do with him as a person, you know, blah, 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 club legend. We all know that. But that has nothing to do with the current site of the team and the current current time and date. He is way in over his head. The players aren't responding. It's time to go. He's not going to sack himself. I mean, fuck. Why, why would he do that? It, it, it's, it's sabotage. He Four points from 12 since the last international break. Four points from 18 since the loss to Aston Villa. Are you ready for this? One goal in the last four home games in the Premier League. I'm going to say that again, because this is Manchester United. One goal in the last four home games in the Premier League. A change has to be made. It's got to be made, whether it's now, because, you know, I, I'm not sure, but it seems like we're already out of the fucking title race, and it's not even December yet. So do you make a change now, or do you do you finish this shit show till the end of the season? Who knows? My opinion... Wait it out because you what happens? You bring in a new manager now. He does bad. What, are you going to sack him at the end of the season? That's just not fair. So wait it out. If you're going to do it, do it now. Do it now and get Zidane or wait till the end of the season because I've got a little birdie in my ear. And, you know, this is something that you're going to hear here on win the ball first. Brendan Rodgers is going to finish out the season at Leicester City and then join Manchester United as the new manager for the 2022-2023 season. You heard that here first on Win the Ball. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. But me, I'm still very intrigued by Zinedine Zidane, but who knows? We'll see. This is the biggest and the best. You know, this club is huge. This is the biggest and the best football club in the entire world. Let's get back to attacking soccer. Let's get back to a fucking winning mentality. I want to win trophies. I want to put more trophies in the fucking cupboard. I don't care about the app. I don't care about social media likes. I don't care about fucking jersey sales. If you're a Manchester United fan, the bottom line is winning and putting fucking trophies in that trophy shelf. So we're going to get... I'm going to... This is going to be my opinion and this is going to be my best 11 for the current state of Manchester United. So. Watford, November twentieth, ten a.m. Sorry about that. I got a <laughs> rookie move. I didn't turn my alerts off on my computer. But anyways, Watford, November twentieth, ten a.m. Away. My best eleven. Goalkeeper David De Gea. I want to do a back four. What I want to do is I want to I want to bring in Alex Tellez. I want to sit Harry Maguire for Eric Bailly, Victor Lindelof. You know you can complain about Vic all you want. You know he a little. Always has man-marking mistakes and, you know, set pieces, corners, fine and dandy. But he's confident and he rarely makes mistakes when he's on the ball. So I want Lindelof in there with Bai who's just a fucking bruiser. And Aaron wan can't say enough about the kid. One of the best pure defenders in the entire world. And if you've been watching and playing, paying close attention to him as becoming this new wing back, he's so much more confident on the ball. He... You know, he lacks a little bit in crossing, but you you build on that. You One thing at a time. Last year, shambolic going forward. This year, completely different player. I have confidence in him, and I want him on the pitch. And then we're going to get to our three midfielders. I want a diamond. I want Fred to be my holder, because if he's my holder, he's going to run around. That little rascal is going to run all over the pitch, and he's going to make it damn, he's going to make life very fucking difficult for any number nine or number 10, whatever. Any attack, who if you're attacking in the middle of the park against United in our defensive third and Fred's our holder, good luck. Out wide, I got to have Mason Greenwood, but I'm going to put Mason on the left. Uh, you, you, buy, you buy $90 million Jadon Sancho to be your right winger. I'm playing him on the fucking right wing. And then, of course... Right up through the middle, Ronaldo, who's having just an amazing season. Can't stop scoring goals for Manchester United. And honestly, DV, uh, Donny van de Beek. Give me Donny right behind Ronnie and right next to Bruno. Give, let, let Donny facilitate because McTominay and Fred can't facilitate. Bruno can't continue to do it all. Takes a little bit off Bruno and it lets us see. Let's, let's Donny have a chance to really show us what he's made of. Give him minutes, let his confidence build, and I really think you'll see a change on this Manchester United squad. I really do. But anyways, we're going to get out of here. Like I said, we're back on the 20th at Watford. Gotta have the three points. I mean, it's just an absolute must. Absolute must. I think we're 17 points. Need a little help on the top five. Can you believe... After losing their first three games of the season, Arsenal are three points clear of United. It's, it's just fucking joke. But then um, then off to Spain for a Champions League clash at Villarreal. Then come back to the United Kingdom for a clash with Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So, me, I think that Watford's going to be a three... I think we're going to get three points at Watford. I'm going to see a 1-1, 2-2 draw at Villarreal. Uh, go through in the Champions League group with that draw. I I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't see going to Chelsea being anything pretty. Just have to wait and see. I right now I can't I, I'm not going to call it cuz Lukaku is still injured and it, you know it's almost 3 weeks away. So let's give that some time, but I can say this. Villarreal if they score first, they will park the bus and they will make it hard for United to score. So we have to come out firing on all cylinders. Got to get a point. The worst Champions League group of all time. It'll be just fucking brutal if we can't get through through in that group. So guys, I really wanna I really wanna thank you for listening to this episode of Win the Ball. I know um, I know I like to talk a lot. I know I may ramble, but I'm getting better, and I really appreciate you listening. As always, glory glory Man United, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening.